When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I am Inquisitor Caveat Ventus, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is my report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Laura Elizabeth as Marnie Schwarzenberger, and Tyler Hewitt as Atticus face. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band had captured Doc Tavian in his laboratory. Atticus's power fist made short work of the defenders. Marnie received surgery from their new captive, and Valentine discovered a secret threat to the Emperor. What will happen now that Doc Tavian exploded? Find out in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. An intercepted conversation around implants. And, uh, the blast radius would be quite large. Yes, sir. That's why they call it a last resort. Uh, Doc Tavy explodes. Uh, he, he explodes right, right the fuck in all of your grills. Uh, so, um, what I'm going to need from all of you is, um, to please roll, uh, a check. One second. I just lost my character sheets because I'm a dope. Um, so um, I think this is going to be survival all the way around. Um, survival, if you're, I think, if you're kind of trying to like uh, leap out of the way, um, you can also attempt resilience if you just want to grit your teeth and get exploded. Um, I'm going to do resilience. Uh, I think I'm also going to do resilience. I'm going to do survival. Right. Oh. <laughs> That sounds that sounds right all around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does, doesn't it? Um, so as the uh, the, the uh, explosion erupts uh, from uh, the the famed only in this universe character, Doctor Octavius, um, <laughs> you uh, you all desperately uh, attempt to survive the blast. Uh, go ahead and roll your your checks, please. This is against two purple. Uh, are we adding adding anything from our melee defense, Tom? Uh, in this case, no. Uh, just because this is just an additional pitch because this is who I am. Would the refractor field the Inquisitor is wearing that is active be I will give you one boost. Cool. Just because I feel like you're the furthest from this and it might reduce shrapnel and the like. I I feel like it wouldn't reduce like impact damage from uh, the shockwave of the explosion. No, no, I I would agree. Yeah, it's individual. It it will mean you don't get pin cushioned uh, nearly as much. So base difficulty of two. um, Okay. Marnie and um, uh, Atticus, because you were point blank, I'm going to give you each one setback die. Okay. Yep. Um, but beyond that, this is a pretty, pretty straight roll. Um, Ryan, I'm going to give you an additional boost for cover uh, because I feel like you were coming from the other side of his desk and kind of from mm-hmm. from the back of the room. Um, so the odds of of you being able to to you know. 
do that video game thing where there's like a silhouette of where you're going to take damage. But like, if you don't stand there, you're fine. Uh, I think the, the odds of that are pretty high. Um, so I think that's about it for me. Um, I am going to roll for our uh, story points on this session because I've been giving us an even split. And I feel like that isn't nearly as dramatic as uh, no, way better to an act of swing fuckery. So let's fuck some shit up. <laughs> some shit. I mean, our player. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's like, get fucked. But up. no, this that's that's me. <laughs> um, okay. <I'm> shit. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it is a three and one split in favor of me. Okay. So you have one available story point. Okay. Looks to Laura. <laughs> I just assumed you'd claim it, but maybe not. I'm rolling. Um, no, I'm just rolling. All right, we're all oh, going to your dice. This. One success. Three success and three advantage. Shit, nice. Four successes and two advantage. All right. Um, so uh, you all manage to kind of, like, as, as the explosion happens, Atticus, you just throw your, your arm up in front of the blast. Um, uh, Marnie, I think you just fall forward and just kind of like, you know, hit the deck. Yeah. Um, I basically, and, I basically curl up into a ball, like protecting all of my like exposed vital yeah, parts, your, your vital parts. And, yes. um, Valentine, you, you managed to get behind the desk. Um, you are still all going to take damage because a grenade went off, but you'll take less damage. What? Um, Yay. and more importantly, uh, none of you will suffer the burn effect, uh, which was going to be that's nice extra bad. Uh, so that's four damage all around. Um, if you have uh, soak, soak, I'm going to say you can take half soak. Ugh. Yikes. <laughs> You need. <laughs> Does Marnie need to see a doctor all over again? <laughs> no. Oh, just a second. <clears throat> I had reversed the way that I. Okay, no, I've got like seven left. I'm good. So the room is. Uh, it's that classic like movie post movie explosion. Uh, thing where like you know there's like pieces of paper like flittering down. Uh, the walls are are scorched. Um, uh, Atticus, you're standing directly over the explosion. So in looking at it, uh, you can tell that um, despite being a rather large blast, this was a fairly weak explosive. Um, and uh, the nice thing about implant explosives is there's just a whole body between you and the blast. Um, so you're you're pleased to discover that uh, the three of you are not instant dead as you would be if it was just yeah. like a naked grenade rather than a, a small uh, explosive implant. I yeah, I also lied. I have I have three health left. That Ooh. is that is different than than the other number. Yes, than seven. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> great. Um, so, <laughs> no, go ahead. No, I just thought I had ten wounds left, but oh no, I've just I've taken ten wounds already. There you go. That's the Marnie we've put through hell. Um, so uh, there's a that's a ring. the Marnie who sounds like she looks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a, a ringing in your ears as the uh, and uh, your vision is slightly blurred as uh, sort of uh, things come back into focus. Um, uh, outside, uh, you can see that uh, the window is scorched with gore and and fire oh. from the, from the blast, uh, but did not shatter. It's clearly uh, um, a, a 
reinforced glass of some sort. It does look damaged, but it's still uh, it's still whole. Um, as uh, as the three of you kind of get to your feet, um, there is a a crackle over uh, the Vox, uh, the sort of like busted Vox speaker on uh, on his desk. Um, and uh, you just hear a voice, a uh, very familiar voice to you, Atticus, say, uh, Doc, Doc, hold on. The skull crawlers are en route. We're going to extract you. Uh, things have gone to shit. Also, if you have a, an acid-proof jacket or something, uh, get that. No reason. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. Um, s- s- stay safe. We, we're going to need you. Caraset out. Who is going to pretend to be the doctor so we can get out of here? Well, they're already on their way here, so we can't really order them to stay away, even if they were the doctor. So we've kind of got two options. Run or try to fortify ourselves and kill them when they arrive. Thoughts? I say we kill them when they arrive and then take their escape route. Uh-oh. I like you, Marnie. I do, I really do. But I've got to say we're caught on our back foot here. This wasn't part of the plan, and as much as I would like to kill these traitorous bastards... We're uh, caught at a bit of a disadvantage. Ryan, do you want to roll me a quick... Um... Oh, God, it's been a hot second since we played this game. Um, <laughs> perception? Uh, perception, I think. Yeah, I was looking for an investigation, but that is every game we play but this one. <laughs> but so this one, yeah. Work, yeah. <laughs> All right, what's my difficulty, Tom? Uh, we're going to say difficulty of two. Um, I'm not going to add any, oh, sorry. I'm going to add one setback from just the room being kind of fried, but I think, um, you know, we've established that Valentine thinks very tactically. So I imagine the second that this is, is a possibility, the odds of you scanning the room quickly to see if there are any possible advantages are rather high. Tom, I have an ability called tempered will, which means I can remove one setback die caused by the disoriented condition. Would that remove the setback die from the room? Um, sure. I was going to say that it's it's like because the room is fucked up, it's harder to find stuff. But the I room think is disoriented. Is, yeah, ah. uh, but I think this is a, a fair <laughs> a fair stretch. So sure, cool. Four successes, one triumph, and one threat. Shit, man. The threat is Marnie's injured. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, The threat is Marnie's about to make bad decisions. uh, I mean, that's just a standing threat. You don't need to roll for that. Um, Well, that's great, man. Well done. I'm proud of you. Um, So uh, looking around the room, um, you... Uh, like you, you kind of, I think, like rush to the window immediately, and you're struck by the fact that uh, because this is like a fortified underground lab, um, there's really only the one way out. And based on the the way you came in, um, based on the way you saw the rest of the the building is rigged up, you suspect this is by design. If anything got too out of hand in the lab, it would be just kind of like a collapse the tunnel, leave it, you know, to itself. Um, so um, the skill callers will be coming the way you came in. Um, there's still a bunch of workers um, running around uh, looting the the lab. That said, it looks like a lot of the machinery is still in decent enough shape. Um, and uh, the the gear up here is pretty badly damaged, but that's not to say it, it couldn't be uh, hacked or kind of like uh, patched in order to work. Um, so you have some tactical options from here. There are also the people milling about downstairs. 
the way out of here, Tom, if I remember it correctly, is basically just a straight shot to the elevators, right? Like there's not really a lot of options there where is, we could run. There's a bend. Um, so it's there's the there's sort of like you're in the, the large to just to refresh all of our memories. Um, the lab itself is kind of like a large underground um box, um, mm-hmm. sort of a hard box. Uh, there are smaller labs on the West wall there, if you're in the north at uh, the kind of observation office that Doctavia used, um, to the east is like a conference table setup, like a conference room. Uh, and then there's just a bunch of tables and shit where the, the orcs are, are dissected and, and sorted for flavor uh, on the main floor. Uh, the barricades that you guys burst through um, and the fallback uh, positions are down in that central room, so the central lab. Um, leading to an L junction, which is kind of where you guys scouted the area. The L junction leads to a straight shot back to um, the, uh, if you'll remember when you got off the elevator, you, you there's all these junctions, you reached a T junction, uh, yeah. you went to the left, which took you to the lab. Um, to the right is armory and uh, the the elevators up to um, uh, Glasgow Vicodin's offices. So, yeah, essentially, if you did want to run, you would have to, like, go right now and just kind of hope for the best. Um, it's not to say you can't do that, but harder. Um, yeah. Or create some kind of distraction to help you get out. Well, if we have to run, unfortunately, I believe we'll have to run past the enemy. Here we have a group of rioting um, menials, and we have a large amount of equipment. Do either of you feel like you could get the equipment up and running? Uh, Atticus, like immediately looks at Marnie <laughs> like just hoping he's not the one chosen for this <laughs> just like I mean like what what kind of equipment are we looking at Tom this um, is like this is uh, uh, all kind of like as we mentioned previously like robotic lab arms with like saws and, and drills and that sort of sort of thing I would say I have only worked with orc equipment for the last 10 years I mean, Marnie. But I could try. Looking down, a bunch of these orcs came in with orc bits, so there might be some discarded orc tech that you could use. Oh, Congratulations, shit. Marnie! You're on the orc tech, Atticus. I need you to figure out how you can round up and organize the rabble outside, make them join us to charge the skull crawlers or something. And I'm going to try to figure out a what we can find up here that'll be useful, and b if there's anything in this room that'll let me actually control machinery that's complicated. Yes, sir. Uh, and Atticus will like march out the door and start <laughs> shouting. All right. Um, <laughs> what is, uh, what you don't have to give me the lines, obviously, but like, what is Atticus's like leadership style for this? Like what, what is he yelling? Uh, it's, it's like, it's like that fun, like Cockney British, little bit of gangster talk that can like seem that, that uh, like if written down <laughs> without hearing them say it would seem nice enough mm. uh but when he speaks it you know like it is an allusion to pain and suffering uh he'll say stuff like uh right listen up we got a second wave coming in they're not as mean as i am and that means if you don't do what i say you'll have to deal with me instead gotcha. stuff like that all right uh so hey. that sounds to me like a coercion rather than a leadership would that yeah i would say so yeah yeah Yeah. um all right so i'm gonna say um difficulty of three but 
I am going to give you a boost because they are, uh, as you've seen, like they are used to strong authority figures uh, as like indentured servants. Um, so someone yelling orders at them is kind of like, oh shit, like whether they agree with it or not, they're like, uh, yeah, we understand that. He's got a giant metal fist. We don't want to get, you know, scoured today. Um, I am going to blow a story point to upgrade one of those purples to a red just because they are also panicked and rioting. So they're not exactly paying tremendous amounts of attention. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Is there anything else you wanted to make an argument for? Mm. No, no, that's fine. I'll All roll right. this. Net one success. Okay. So um, the uh, the rabble, um, st- some of them start to pay attention. Um, and uh, I think what we'll say from that is a few of them are starting to try and get their compatriots to listen to you. So you've had some success. Uh, I think it's largely that they can't hear you over like the, the uh, you know, alarm Claxton's blaring and like, mm-hmm. You know the 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 screams of agony from the people you punched in half, um, slowly dying. Um, but um, yeah, they're they're starting to get starting to get in order. Unfortunately, uh, this does mean that it's going to be if you can manage to kind of push this one step further, it's going to be a ramshackle defense. Like they're they're not following your orders yet, so it's not like you can fully dig in. But uh, it's better than nothing. Um, if one of the one of the guards that we dispatched earlier is still kind of like writhing and moaning on the ground and making a, making a big scene about, <laughs> but it's leading sides being on the outside. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, uh, I think um, uh, Atticus will just like stick a big mechanical finger in a wound and get him to like really yowl to like get everyone's attention. Uh, and then he'll, he'll uh, uh, actually like, like break his neck or something and be like, thank you. Now that I have your attention, we need to establish a defensive line, and I mean right, bloody now. Thanks for supporting the Fable and Folly Network. Here's another show we know you'll love. Every day in the nice little Canadian town of Beaver Mount, Ontario, is pretty much the same. Folks are polite. There's a hockey game that evening and someone gets brutally murdered. Sorry About the Murder, a very Canadian murder mystery podcast. New episodes weekly. Listen to season one now by typing Sorry About the Murder into your favorite podcast app. Ah, bello! This is Fabius Bile reaching out to all those arch heretics and other dangerous psychopaths out there. There is only one way to truly defeat the Emperor and his pathetic lickspittles, and that is to make sure that they do not unify themselves and their false beliefs and empty gods. They must not join a Patreon. They must never join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. 
Then our cabal can rise to the heights of brutality and cruelty. We can slay every player character, skin the flesh from their bones, and leave them with no hope remaining. Unless, somehow, people go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. With enough support, perhaps they could stop us. But that will never happen. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> the, uh, it's amazing how, uh, you know, a clear neck snap just, you know, yeah. rings out uh, <laughs> loud. Can I, add, can I add another thing? Just because these are the people that we broke their lines and killed. It was like, this is the result of a poorly constructed barricade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, they they all kind of nod because also they couldn't get through that barricade. So you're making some sense. Like, oh, yeah, this is the guy who broke that barricade. We couldn't get through and killed everyone. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so they they start to uh, to form, like they grab a few, few of the more enterprising ones, um, start to grab weapons. Um, and um, there is um, one who... Uh, sort of um uh comes over and uh says um uh hello uh, th- this one's name is Hildegard uh Trocinius. uh i i would i would like to to help you defend this place and and help earn the freedom maybe of of my my fellow workers we are not treated well and there's like gasps and people being like Hildegard, shut up just no he he needs to hear Despite what the signs have said, things are not great here. This is not a happy workplace. And you, sir, seem capable. If we help you, will you help us? What is it that you need help with? Uh, Standardized brakes might be nice. Honestly, we always get scoured if we tell anyone that we're unhappy. So maybe this is a conversation for after we've fought for our freedom. But... (laughs) Just yeah, I remember think us, and then she they, like tries to cock the las gun and can't quite figure it out, yeah. and then just hands it to you like a child who can't open like, you know, like a, a safety lock, and says, "Help!" Tyler, if I'll, you look up at the broken window, you just see the Inquisitor giving you two violent thumbs up yeah. while searching for like yeah. through yeah. the gore cloud. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, Good, like forearm, like yeah. exactly. white person. Then. Like what you really need is a squeegee, but yeah. unfortunately, the only one was on Doc Tavy, and it exploded. Yeah, I'll I'll take the the weapon and prime it and hand it back to her, and I'll say, uh, um, "This distillery is under new management. It will be noted that you were cooperative." Um, and she just says, "Well, well, well hot diggity damn, let's go shoot some fools." Um, and uh, she just kind of like uh, gestures, like in a, like in kind of like a let's round it up kind of way, and everyone just stares at her because this isn't a gesture they're familiar with, and she. Just kind of shrugs and starts like ushering them uh, towards the barricade. And they start like pulling things in front, basically recreating what uh, they couldn't get through. Okay, um, Laura, uh, what are you doing during during um, you know the the rise of of uh, the people's champion over here? Um, uh, I think it's like I mean, what have we got in terms of like orc gear that? I wouldn't know. Like, do we have, are there any weapons? 
Uh, no, the weapons would have been stripped away beforehand. This is mostly away. like stuff that would be in their pockets or on their belts or in their boots. Just like weird shit that wasn't caught um, during the, the initial processing. So you can go ahead and roll me, please, a... Um, I feel like this is probably a... Perc- I would take it- perception, survival, or tech use. Um... I'm only I giving you survival in this case because you spent years surviving using orc tech. So uh, yeah, I, that, that's made. that's got to be the one. Great. Yeah. What's my um, difficulty? Your difficulty is uh, three. Hmm. Um, I'm going to give you a boost for it being orc tech. Because um, also keep in mind, you're looking for like what you have available, not actually trying to apply it to anything yet. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, actually, on that note, Laura, you can knock it down to a difficulty two because you're not actually okay. trying to apply it to anything. You're just trying to find it. Cool. Yeah. All right. I'm going to roll. Go for it. One success, four advantages. Okay. Um, so you uh, you start to loot through for, for Orc Tech and um, you're like really excited uh, to find mm-hmm. an Orc battery pack. Uh, what Marnie has, has never really realized, but would be very clear to either Atticus or uh, Valentine if they were to look, is this is clearly an imperial battery pack with like a gork skull uh, like pasted on it. Um, but for you, Marnie, I think given the way the binary way in which you see the world as orcs, not orcs, mm-hmm. uh, anything that has like the orc insignia on it is orc. And anything that doesn't yeah. is not. So for you, you're like, fuck yeah, orc battery pack. But based on how much advantage you rolled, I'm going to go ahead and say it's actually highly compatible. So you won't need to hack anything. To your mind, it'll be a miracle. But to everyone else, it'll be like, we're just going to let her have this. Yeah. Cool. Um, so what would you like to try and power up? So um, we mentioned before there's like two kind of um, uh, gimbaled arms. Uh, one was uh, a saw blade. Um, one was like a, uh, a series of drills. Um, there's also one that is armed with scalpels. Um, realistically, I think this is something that I think Marnie would like present this to Valentine. I don't think she'd make this decision. There's herself. no time. I'm there's up no in the time. Office and you're down on the floor. There's no Valentine. There's no Heresy. Valentine. Um, a live play 40 uh, good god um, fuck. I can I can loop back to you Laura yeah um, if you want but you will still have to make the decision on your own no that's fair uh, Valentine um, what specifically uh, do you think you're looking for um, if Valentine doesn't have the skill set to be able to hack anything or anything like that. So I think it's a combination of are there any data wants or any of the obvious things you would use to just be like, there's an on-off button to kind of make things work in an ease of your in the supervisor's room way. Mm-hmm. Or is there anything that looks heretical or suspicious you should pick up to study later? Like that's... So you've, you've got the, the, the okay, heretical got that. book. So like that's, that's, and unfortunately the rest of the paper's burnt up with the explosion. Yeah. Because uh, you can't have all the answers. Then, yeah, I think he's looking for on-offs, like if there's some sort of command that'll do things, like those kind of controls okay. from the supervisor's thing, where we might be able to power or depower things. Sure. Um, go ahead and roll me uh, perception. This one's going to be a bit rough just because the room has been blown up. And yep. uh, Or actually, I'm sorry, not perception. Let's go with tech use. 
Um, tech use, I'm going to say this is a uh, difficulty three um, setback for the room being being burnt up. Um, in this case, I'm not going to let you wave that just because now that it's no, settled that makes a bit, it's, it, it's just like fried gear. Um, I will give you a boost though, because since this is kind of an overseer's office, it, the placement of things is logical in this room, if that makes sense. So in the same way that like, oh, I, I know where like the intercom would be on a desk or I know where, where this would be. You kind of have a sense of where you might find these things, which can cut down on the search time. How many story points do we have in our pocket it's right now? It's two Tom? and two right now. All right. I'll use one of those. Okay. Two threat. Okay. Um, in uh, looking around, uh, everything is 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 burnt up to a point that where there's like a lot of circuitry. If you had say an alto with you, the odds of you being able to like drop emergency shutters or something would be very high. But unfortunately for you, it's like all the things that let you use technology aren't present anymore because of the explosion. Um, so guts are still there, but um, it's it's a bit beyond your your kin. Um, and unfortunately, because of the two threats, uh, the, uh, the skull crawlers arrive. Um, Laura, um, what does Marnie power up as the skull crawlers come uh, tearing around the corner? Um, I think you said there's like a saw kind of thing. Yeah, so think like um, uh, like a, a like a, it's an arm. It's like a, yep. like a articulated arm with um, saw blades. So used okay. for like basically when you need to like process a bunch of orcs real fast. Yeah, basically. Um, you gotta so get them saws. If we've got like a metal table, mm -hmm. uh, and the way I basically want to like basically just bring the saw like down rotating onto the metal table, just generate a whole like a shit ton of sparks to mm -hmm. give us like extra cover and distraction. Okay, great. So we'll set that up at the front of the barricade. Um, so it's just like um, throwing sparks. Um, the uh, the workers kind of array themselves uh, behind uh, behind the table and aim. Um, Atticus, you see them coming. You gesture to uh, Valentine. Uh, Valentine, you're still in the office. Um, everyone else got two, so you get two. What is the second thing you do? Um. I think Valentine would, if he could, just try to punch out like a lower corner of the window. Sure. So that he's up from a high vantage point, kind of deeply in cover, able to just shoot down if anybody comes like to the barricade or through. Okay. Um, I think I'll just give that to you. We'll say that um, you uh, you kind of um, go over to the window and it's, it's lightly cracked. And there's just one of those moments of like, I think the the slight disdain of of the Imperium for for things not quite working out for them, like just that general frustration of like this this would be much easier if one or two things worked. And in that, you kind of look down at Doc Tavy's blasted body, um, and you see that uh, his back panel is is somewhat like sparking, and one of his um, robotic arms is twitching. So I think you just like step on the panel, and the arm just like uh, the the like robo octopus arm just fully extends and punches out uh, a corner before going limp. Um, and with kind of a self-satisfied nod uh, that, you know, the emperor did in fact provide uh, you go over and uh, kind of take up your, your position. You can see below you um, the, the rabble somewhat half organized, terrified, but at least doing their best um, a shower of sparks coming off a, a saw kind of bouncing off a metal table and, um, 
Marnie uh, kind of falling in behind um, behind that kind of back with with Atticus uh, with the uh, the workers being the, the the first line and weirdly for the first time in a long time this does feel somewhat like commanding a force which kind of I think scratches your um, commissar training itch a little bit um, what do you uh, say to inspire the troops as the the silhouettes of the uh, skull crawlers sort of uh, begin to dance across the walls amid the shower of sparks yeah so Valentine takes a knee kind of aiming out the window but he just takes Eugene out and kind of throws him up in the air beside him to activate him as an amplifier so his voice gets like loud hailed through the whole space and he just says children of the Imperium Today, we do this for the emperor. We do this for ourselves. And we do this for the future of humanity. Sell your lives dearly, for we are all coined to be spent in the emperor's realm. Uh, And then Hildegard yells, You hear that, boys? He said he might give us a coin. The most wealth any of us have ever possessed. Let's do it. Um, And uh, with that, uh, a, a mighty... Meek cry goes up uh, from the workers as the first of them begin to explode uh, in a hail of bolter fire. This episode of the Valentine Heresy features Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine. Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Vase. Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Marnie Schwarzenberger. And our game master, Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, a death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Chet Awesome Laser, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire on Friendly, Great Dane, and Jill and Noel LaPlante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. 
Hello, hello, I'm Malik. I'm Jamie. And this is World Gone Wrong, where we discuss the unprecedented times we're living through. Can your manager still schedule you for night shifts after that werewolf bit you? My ex-boyfriend was replaced by an alien body snatcher, but I think I like him better now. Who is this dude showing up in everyone's old pictures? My friend says the sewer alligators are reading maps now. When did the kudzu start making that humming sound? We are just your normal millennial roommates processing our feelings about a chaotic world in front of some microphones. World Gone Wrong, a new fiction podcast from Audacious Machine Creative, creators of Unwell, a Midwestern Gothic mystery. Learn more at audaciousmachinecreative.com. Find World Gone Wrong in all the regular places you find podcasts. I love you so much. <laughs> I mean, you could like up the energy a little you bit. You could like, up the energy. I actually don't take notes. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You sounded great. So did you. <laughs>